Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Talk Live podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Roman, and if you'd like to watch the show live and interact with us in chat, you can find us at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter at Game Talk Live. Enjoy the show. Today on Game Talk Live, we take an extensive look at VidCon 2018, as well as the mishaps and blunders that led to TanaCon's failure. Let's press play. I'm Mandy Roman, and welcome to Game Talk Live, where we discuss the biggest video game news of the day, live with help from our chat audience. Joining me now are two expert guests to discuss these gaming topics and more. First up is Natty. Natty Casanova, a.k.a. The Zombie Unicorn, is an esteemed Twitch and YouTube partner, not to mention the season one winner of Fox's reality competition, Kicking and Screaming. Hi, Natty. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you back. Also joining us is another familiar face, it's the Jovenshire. He knows all things geek culture and now creates videos regularly on his own YouTube channel. He talks all about movies, gaming, and comics. Hi, Joven. I'm very excited to be here. I'm fully rested from VidCon and ready to talk about VidCon. Well, fantastic. All right, let's hop right to it. The ninth annual VidCon took place this past weekend, hosting hundreds of popular YouTube personalities and thousands of dedicated fans. While the convention did manage to sidestep major controversy this year, it's difficult to see what VidCon offers that makes it any different from other major cons. So, Joven, tell us, what is the purpose of VidCon? Uh, personally, for me, as a creator, uh, and, and it's so easy to get lost in the work that we do. We're constantly just behind a computer screen talking to a camera. And for, for one weekend, we just get to give back to the fans because we are 100% here because of the people that follow us and watch our stuff. So they get to come out, uh, albeit I would say it's a little expensive and they don't get as much as they deserve but it gives us a chance to, to reconnect and really remember why we do what we do. Sure. So uh, would you say are, there, are, there are alternatives to this type of event, or is this really the only kind of safe, controlled space creators can meet with their fans in person? Uh, I actually think there are other opportunities, and I think there are better ways to do it. VidCon is great because it brings all the creators in at once, though there are some comic book conventions that will actually bring in YouTubers. Mm -hmm. I was just in Calgary doing a convention, uh, then Florida, and then coming up is, you know, Comic-Con and Boston and Toronto. So, like, there are other conventions that are starting to wel welcome in digital stars, and I think that we should do more of that. I, I think that it opens up just the opportunities for more and more people to kind of connect with us and, and break down that fourth wall. Sure. Natty, what would you say the purpose of VidCon is? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously it's to bring together, you know, fans and creators and stuff, but I think obviously it was mainly YouTube focused. And nowadays, even YouTubers are multi-platform. Most YouTubers are multi-platform people. They're creating content for Twitter, for Instagram. And I think that one of the things that VidCon could do better is, uh, you know, incorporate more so other platforms and they're starting to, but I definitely think that for me, my experience with VidCon has just been running around or seeing little girls running around screaming. And that particularly to me, is it my idea of a fun convention for other con goers who aren't screaming and, and freaking out or the content creators who don't necessarily want that kind of, um, like you want to interact with your fans, but you also want it to be safe and secure and you don't want it there to be like mass hysteria and chaos. Sure. So I think that there could be obviously improvements. I don't think that 
um, it's the worst ever or anything like that. I mean, there's definitely worse out there. So, yeah, that's, I guess, my opinion on, my, my short opinion on, on VidCon. So would you and say, kinda, yeah, go ahead, Jovan, yeah. Uh, just to add to what she was saying, I think uh, Rooster Teeth uh, RTX is a perfect example of a digital convention that actually attracts an older demographic. Thus, you don't get all the screaming crowds and everything. It's not like the new 16-year-old British vlogger that, that everyone wants to meet. It's, it's more of like the, the content creators that have an older demographic. Right, right. So would you guys say that VidCon is for the creators then? I mean, excuse me, for the fans more so than the creators. Yeah, Joven, you're nodding your head. I mean, is it a a good networking opportunity for you guys? Do you think VidCon could benefit from maybe a content creator only day or hours that are just for industry? I think think so. Go for it. Okay, take it, No, Eddie. no, no, you go ahead. No. <laughs> Natty, take uh, I it. <laughs> say, I would say that um, the reason that there is so much security, and that actually becomes a really big problem with VidCon, as much as it's helping, it's also causing a lot of problems. I had a meeting that I had to take because I was down there. This company was down there also, and I couldn't even get them into my hotel restaurant, which was like 15 minutes down the road because of situations where where people will kind of break the rules of VidCon and cause chaos, whether they just don't know how to avoid it or because they want that ego moment and want to feel special. It's okay. It feels good. Go for it. But they need to figure out a way that I need to be able to do other stuff down there. Other creators need to be able to do stuff down there without having to deal with security, which is also trying to do their job. Now, I'm not taking away from security. They did a great job. Just the organization of it needs to have a little leeway and, and understanding. Sure. Natty, do you want to add your own thoughts there? Yeah, no, I, I agree on the on the the aspect of it. I think that there should be some kind of industry hours or creator day or something like that because it is definitely for the fans. And I, I didn't go this year. I chose not to, even though I had like a ticket and all that and I had I, I was in, you know, invited to go last year. I had a ticket, not like as a featured creator or anything like that. But um, I, I just didn't want to go last year either because it's the same thing for me. All I go for is the parties to see people on the floor a little bit. Usually it's I, I meet fans and stuff outside, which is, you know, not as safe as like setting up an actual meet and greet inside or something like that. And it's definitely become harder for me to set up stuff like with people I want to meet with businesses, companies and stuff like that. And I do enjoy giving back to the fans, but there's not as many people there for me. I'm more of a gamer, so I'm going mm-hmm. to gaming conventions doing that. But um, I think that there's just so many people doing these outside, outside of the convention meet and greets that are dangerous. Um, and I think that there's not enough business going on if they want to attract more creators and make it more for both audiences. Mm-hmm. I think that there should be something like that. Um, and I, I definitely had that issue, like getting into a, uh, one of the hotel areas or something like that. You had to have a room key to get into the area, even if you were just going to go eat or something like that. It was weird. So I just... Yeah, you couldn't even escort someone in, which which was yeah. dumb. Wow. So, uh, Jovan, you know, you brought up RTX, and uh, it also makes me think of TwitchCon. So, I mean, Natty, I know you, you know, attend TwitchCon too. Would you say Twitch, how is TwitchCon different from VidCon? Is there more support, would you say, because it's the actual platform running the event? Just to me? Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, Twitch has been, man, Twitch has been really good about TwitchCon from the beginning. They started small to make sure that they can control it, and it was, from the beginning, the lines for, like, games or the lines to do this and that were very organized. Everything was set up and ran smoothly, and it's just gotten better and better every year. 
And I, it's just really impressive. And of course, I think it is because Twitch is the one running it. They know what they're doing. They know that if they don't do it right, it's going to be a huge mess. Um, and, you know, Twitch is essentially just a giant community in itself. Um, it's not just a platform. It started off like with just people wanting to hang out with each other and, and talk and play games. So it's it's started from a little community. And um, they just did a really good job of making sure everything's organized, that security's on point, that integrate, you know, brands and companies and connect them with their content creators too. Because mm-hmm. um, they always reach out to us and say, hey, there's these things at TwitchCon. Are you interested? Let us know. They, they give all the partners surveys and stuff to fill out um, ahead of time. And they, they just do a really good job of it. And I think... If YouTube, if VidCon wanted to be just about YouTube, which I think, it, I mean, obviously it mainly is, then I think YouTube would need to be more involved to make yeah. it better. Yeah, Jovan, do you think if uh, VidCon would be better if YouTube was, you know, basically owning and operating it? Uh, personally, I don't think so. I think it all comes down to demographics. I think that TwitchCon is a better run convention because it is the, the people that it's attending. Also, you have to think about uh, the number of top uh, 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 Twitchers or people on Twitch that are are live streaming and people want to see them versus the number of top tier YouTubers over the last ten years. Uh, there's just so many people to try to organize for for VidCon that even if YouTube tried to step in, I don't think there's fixing the problem because every year there's just more and more uh, YouTubers that are becoming more popular with a younger demographic. The younger demographic shows up and then that's when all the screaming and the running around happens. Uh, when I go to RTX or TwitchCon, there's there's no crowd. No one's, no one's chasing after us. It's not a relevancy thing. It, it's just that it's an older demographic and they don't do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, let, let's talk about this this featured creator thing. You got uh, both of you have brought this up at this point. I mean, Jovan, can you explain to us maybe how the featured creator system works as part of VidCon and kind of the the safety needs of that particular uh, mm-hmm. program and why it exists? Uh, the featured creator isn't an uh, like an ex- exclusivity thing. It's not like a limited thing. It's VidCon sees you as a safety hazard. <laughs> they don't want you to cause any problems. They don't want you to uh, fill up fire exits or anything. They just want to like make sure that you're hiding in the back. You're moving through the, the back panels. Do you think Jason Momoa, when he's at Comic-Con, do you think he gets a normal badge where he just goes to the front door to go to his panel? No, because he's going to get mobbed and swarmed and everything. Uh, and I'm not saying that we're Jason Momoa here. I'm just saying that it, <laughs> there are instances where... You're Jason Momoa to us, Jovan. I would love to beat Jason Momoa. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I just think it's, it, it's there to make things run as effectively and as smoothly as possible. Uh, but then it becomes a thing like, why didn't I get a feature created a badge? I have 5,000 subscribers. It's like, well... That's good and keep growing. That's awesome. But, you know, like MatPat is going to have a giant wave of people trying to ask him about his ideas and thoughts and opinions. It's, it's, that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. I mean, last year, uh, Logan Paul held an unofficial scavenger hunt where he said he was hiding money outside of VidCon, which resulted in crazy crowds and even some injuries for guests. So, <laughs> I have to bring this up because we we have to talk about TanaCon. And um, so 
Tana Monju. I'm not exactly sure how to say her last name, but basically she was not elected to receive this status, if you will, from VidCon. So she was not uh, given the featured creator uh, badge or wristband, what, what, what have you. And she decided that she was going to start her own convention the very same weekend as VidCon in the same area and call it TanaCon. And oh boy, guys. Uh, <laughs> so... Natty, why don't you start us off? Do you think that this kind of catastrophic failure of TanaCon was done intentionally as a publicity stunt, or is Tana not that savvy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely I mean, think it was. I think a little bit of column A and B, but no. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, you have 30 days to plan a convention. Honestly, that doesn't seem like enough, right? But... Uh, I, I will throw it back to something that happened a long time ago. There was a Minecon convention that ended up being a scam, and a bunch of YouTubers, <laughs> myself included, decided to throw together a quick makeshift convention in one day just to like satisfy the peop all the kids and families who were supposed to come out. And we were able to do a su successful, safe, secure, miniature like one day event just to like meet you know fans and stuff like that. And we threw it together in like a matter of a few days. But we did go through all the proper procedures, make sure we had all the, you know, the stuff, the space and everything, the security, the staff, all that stuff. And the fact that they probably way oversold these tickets, they said they sold like, what, 5,000 tickets and there was 20,000 people outside. And there's, I yeah, there's that, a lot of numbers flying around about this event yeah. and multiple different uh, numbers being reported by different outlets that I can't tell really where the truth is lives <laughs> and how it, it yeah. definitely looked more than 5,000 people outside though. And then some of the pictures and stuff that I saw. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that they definitely knew what they were doing, that this was going to be publicity, whether it worked or not. Um, you know, bad publicity can be good publicity too. And I think that uh, it's definitely was done in spite and just to kind of stir up, stir up some stuff there, get some more, get their name out there, get some, get some like interest in a future convention. Mm -hmm. But I think that this was just a huge mistake and yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alicia Marie in chat says all these cons popping up, it's too fast with poor or non-existent organization. So Joven, do you think this was done intentionally? Was it kind of just set up to fail from the beginning? They knew it was going to not work, I... if you will. It, it, in no offense to her, I don't think that she was savvy enough to to do this. And if she was, that's a dumb that's a dumb move because sometimes you're just remembered for the bad thing that happens, and this can destroy a career. You can see uh, like subscribers just dropping immediately afterwards. This if they thought that this could be a, a positive thing, no matter what, no, that's wrong. Um, more importantly, it's not easy to put together a convention. It, it takes uh, time. It takes resources. It, it takes some some follow through and, and a lot of thought. And when you're when you're coming out of a place of what I think was really just like spite, just like oh, you aren't going to make me featured creator, well, I'm going to have a convention the same time. What do you think that does for the fans? That takes away from them because now you're splitting the fans and who are they able to see? I did like the the concept of it where it's like, hey, this is a place for smaller YouTubers where we weren't able to become featured creators, so maybe you can see us here. Do that two days after VidCon. Do it two days before VidCon so that the fans can have the best of both worlds. Because if, you, if you're trying to just take away from VidCon, then you're going to lose to the giant beast that is Viacom. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the fact that fans... Uh, and the demographic of VidCon is our younger fans paid money, some of them, a lot of money, and were then tweeting out their receipts after they said, oh, no, a lot of these were free. They're like, no, we paid for this, and we're getting knocked away. 
Now, I do think there were a lot of people that were just trying to show up because it was in the vicinity and that that's going to mm-hmm. happen. It's just it it wasn't smart. It wasn't thought out. And uh, she's now seen the, the cause and effect of it. Right. Uh, so, uh, th- I mean, to me, this sounds like Fire Festival all over again or oh, something wow, like yeah. DashCon, where an events company who has kind of no idea what they're doing is planning this large-scale event and over-promising. So, Good Time Show, the company behind TanaCon, claimed 15,000 people showed up, and they weren't able to accommodate, as they said, expected attendance was 5,000. So, they had free tickets, and just anyone could show up. So, they didn't even offer to sell a free badge, so they at least had some idea of how many people would show up. I mean, according to the capacity on the hotel website, roughly 3,000 guests could fit in that space. So, guys, this is why you sell badges beforehand, so you know your numbers. Um, even if it's a free badge. Yeah, even, exactly. Even if it's a free badge, make an Eventbrite page, throw it up there, at least have people register for that. And uh, honestly, I find this whole debacle very insulting to her fan base because she took very little responsibility after the fact and really blamed it on... Uh, this Good Times company, and uh, the gift bag apparently included a condom. Yeah. What are you doing? So, Again, younger demographic. What are you doing? I, I, no idea. So um, she kept driving this idea of inclusivity, but I mean, Joven, like you said, good intentions don't make events happen. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it takes a, a lot more, and if, if you're doing something, you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reason. You do what's best for the fans, and, and obviously, through every step of the, the organization of this, it doesn't look like the fans came first. Yeah. I mean, Natty, do you think uh, well, anyone will learn from this? Do you think other creators will learn from TanaCon? Do you think Tana will learn from this? I mean, I don't know her that well. I, I don't really know. Uh, anyway, but I... <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hopefully. Hope that's the hope, you know. Uh, I think other people will definitely learn from this example, and um, I think that I just wanted to make a comment about that. Sure. Even if you have an older audience, like I have an eighteen and up audience, and I'm pretty vulgar and stuff, but I I wouldn't put a condom in my bag. That my gift bag. That is just yeah. so inappropriate and like unprofessional. And I think the whole way that she handled it was pretty unprofessional. Um, but maybe she's under a lot of stress. You know, people go through their own stuff and. You know, you got to give people a break sometimes, but hopefully she does learn from this and hopefully people can take this as, you know, hey, you need to really plan this out. You can't just do this. You can't just try to throw something together and throw all these people sweltering hot in a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to get in. In like, Southern California in the heat. Yeah. Not hopefully a- this is an example to be, you know, learned from across the board. Absolutely. And I have to, uh, you know, second Alicia Marie's comment again. We got to stop continuing to create new cons and nurture and fix the ones that we do have. There's just hundreds of conventions at this point. I feel like we don't need more, especially vendetta conventions. <laughs> so uh, headlining a ha- oh, excuse me, headlining a handful of major announcements to come out of VidCon, Instagram is launching a brand new social media tool entitled IGTV. The app allows users to post vertical videos up to an hour long with monetization options coming in the near future. Armed with an arsenal of over 500 million daily users, Instagram's newest venture has the potential to rival YouTube's monopoly and dominate the content creator space. So, is IGTV a godsend for major Instagram stars? Natty, what do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I have always watched a lot of video content on, U- or on Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. Uh, <laughs> But I, I have, I just find myself going down rabbit holes of content and, you know, obviously you can only make the video so long. So I'm really excited for it. I, I saw it 
uh, getting announced. And I was like, this is, this is actually, I don't, you know, I didn't really care too much for like Facebook video or stuff like that. But for some reason, Instagram video just makes me excited. I, I like it, even though it's vertical too. That's a little weird. But it does make it a little easier not to switch. You can just, you could stop what you're doing in the middle of you know emails or tweeting whatever, and then just flip over and watch the content without having to like adjust your the way you're sitting or the way you're holding your phone. I, I mean, it's I, I'm excited for it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Jovan, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, I feel like getting click through on YouTube or other social links for some Instagrammers can be tedious. You know, getting your fans to go to another mm-hmm. network to watch your content. So you think this will be good for these Instagram stars? Uh, yes and no. I, I do like the, the potential of it. I think that we, we need another platform. We need another YouTube. Competition will only make everything better, so we need something like that. Do I think IG is going to be able to do that altogether? No. To me, it, it feels like glorified stories, which, which is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it's just, it's, it all comes down to the UI. Um, I think that they should have learned from what Facebook was doing with a lot of their live gaming stuff is that you just need to have sometimes a different portal, a different place. Just you need a good UI for the fans to easily be able to find all of your content. And if they're like, oh, I want to see Jovenshire's Instagram TV channel, something you can find easily. It, it, it's on there. It's not insanely difficult, but it's not you can't find it in two clicks. If you can't find something in two clicks, you're not going to get to it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I do plan on using it because again, I think there's a lot of potential there and it'll give me another platform to be able to talk about stuff that wouldn't necessarily work on YouTube, but I will be using them as two different platforms. One fully edited with a very specific, uh, tone to it on YouTube. And then IEG, I'll probably just like rant about things and things I don't have time to make a video post it there. And I mm-hmm. think that's the way you do it. There are two different tools and they need to be treated as such. Sure. So, I mean, Nanny, I know you said you're excited about this. Do you think uh, this new service has legs or is it just going to be added to this long list of already saturated platforms for content sharing? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's got Instagram. It's Instagram already has its like, you know, it's, it's right up there at the top. You can see it. It's right next to your DMs. So, I think that people are going to click it. I've already clicked it just out of curiosity. I was like, what is this? And I clicked <laughs> it and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I don't see it's something I'm using every day. But then again, my social media use is different than everybody else's, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it I think it might do well, but I think they need to pay attention to discoverability, uh, being able to find something quickly and easily um, and not spamming, you know, unrelated. I, I wish that. I hope that they, they take into account, you know, ways to filter out content you don't want to see because that's something I see like on YouTube and, and sometimes on Twitch too. And that I, I just get, you know, when you watch one video and then like, oh, there's a million of them in your, in mm-hmm. your, <laughs> in your stuff. So hopefully they can, hopefully they can, they can work with the, uh, the audience they have and, and create a platform there that's useful and well-received. For sure. Alexander in chat says, as long as Instagram treats people better than YouTube, they'll succeed, but they need better user interface. So, there I mean, yeah, I mean, Natty, kind of to your point, I get lost on uh, Instagram stories a lot. I feel like I'm not even looking at my Instagram feed. I'm just looking at the stories. So I'm, I'm actually quite excited about IGTV um, to see where it actually goes. Um, okay, so IGTV, 
God. Instagram TV <laughs> is clearly built for mobile. I mean, YouTube, on the other hand, is built for, say, desktop and TV through a multitude of apps and mobile devices. Um, with this built-in user base, is there really any way that Instagram can hope to capture any significant market share from YouTube? Joven? Uh, as long as they... I like the vertical uh, viewing because I think more and more people are actually watching their videos with their phone vertical, which five years ago, that was like the, the biggest cardinal sin of creating content that you could do. It's like, just turn your phone sideways. Mm -hmm. um, but now, now it's the thing. But until we start having like TVs or more people using the vertical desktop, uh, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of crossover. I, I think it's just going to be its own little moment in time where, where people can go to it for just one particular thing. Right. All right, might be kind of a loaded question, but answer it as best you can. Where does digital content go from here? Maddie? <laughs> I know, I know. Try your best. I think, obviously, inter interactivity, like being, being able to engage the audience and being interactive, more than just talking to them. I like what Instagram does with the stories where you can click on stuff, you can vote. I think that's fantastic. Um, Mixer has a lot of interactive stuff for their audience. Twitch has some extensions that are super interactive. Um, I'm like, I don't even know if YouTube has too much anymore. Like, they used to, you used to have cards and stuff like that, but that just links to other stuff. But mm -hmm. I think interact interaction between the viewer and the creator, more so than just talking in the comments, um, I think that's where a lot of platforms should focus. I think that that's really important. And then it really drives engagement and it, it gets people excited to be a part of a platform. Of course. All right, Joven, where do you see digital content? I, I think Natty's super right on that. I didn't even think about that. That is such a smart idea. I think you will definitely see that uh, cross platforms a lot more. Um, but more importantly, I think that a lot of these bigger companies like like Facebook and Instagram, same company, are, are going to try with their their uh, their beast to beat YouTube, but I don't think it's ever going to work because uh, Facebook is going to have the same problem that that YouTube had, where it's like, ooh, we can't just put any content on here, or our ads will start to hurt. Then it'll be Adpocalypse 3.0 or whatever. I think what's going to happen is someone will build a platform, and from scratch, it'll be a new thing where people can upload videos, and and it'll just be the right spark at the right time where then enough of the big creators come over and start creating content there and kind of starting from scratch, and, and that new platform will become something. Because it's going to get to the point where YouTube just isn't what it was because it's constantly changing and, and mm -hmm. it's going to uh, split its audience, and Facebook won't be able to do the, the things that need to be done to start a new platform. So I, I think that's what we'll see. And we might not see it anytime soon, but it will happen. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, this has been a great discussion. I want to thank all of our viewers and our guests for being here. Tell us what you're currently working on and where people can find you on social media, starting with Natty. Um, you can find me at the Zombie Unicorn with Noe and Zombie because I'm an idiot. Pretty much everywhere or Zombie Unicorn with Noe the. With no the. Um, I'm just working on creating, getting back to full-time streaming, creating awesome content on Twitch mostly. So that's right. where you can find me. Thanks, Natty. All right, Joven, what do you currently have going on and where can people find you online? On Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, I'm the Jovenshire. I actually just put up a new video today talking about how Tom Holland's Peter Parker is actually going to fit into the Sony Spider-Verse and it's crazy little Easter egg that connects everything together. So you can go check that out at youtube.com slash thejovenshire. But yeah, that's, that's hanging out on the internet. All right, thanks, Joven. And thanks to everyone who watched, commented, and shared the show. I'm Andy Roman. Don't forget to like our Facebook page and watch Game Talk Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific. See you next time.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Game Talk Live. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Game Talk Live. Mandy Roman, signing off.